All right, all right. It is Tuesday night once again, so you already know it's time for the big three. Tonight's going to be the big two. Got Dylan and myself. You know, Jake had to take care of some stuff, so uh, so it's going to be the two of us tonight. But it's still got a great show ahead for you. You know, we're going to talk some NBA, especially Lonzo Ball, since he's been kind of in the news lately. Uh, oh, Sajin's already in here. What's going on, Sajin? We'll talk oh, about Seahawks logo too. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, we're definitely going to talk about the NFL as well. We're about halfway through the preseason now, so we're going to talk final about final week. Yeah, that's right. They did kind of shorten preseason a week, so well, we're like two weeks out from the season starting, which mm-hmm. cannot wait. And that also means we're going to have, I guess, the next benchmark in the calendar is going to be cut down day where Mm -hmm. that's probably going to be a big topic for next week but we'll talk about zeke elliott dalvin cook they have new homes uh there's also uh afc and the nfc west our final division that we're going to preview and you know then we'll probably look at some other predictions for next week so before we get into everything dylan how are you doing today I'm doing pretty good. Um, like you mentioned, I'm getting excited for this cut day. Um, I've been keeping up a lot with this preseason. I know a lot of these rookies this year, too. Um, so I'm getting excited. I'm really liking what I've seen from Seattle. I know Saijin's probably feeling the same. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I'm really excited for the start of the regular season. The same yeah. with college football. Um, been missing both of those. I mean, the preseason's cool and all, but I want it to count. I want these games yeah. to mean a lot more than, you know, just a roster spot, which is still nice and cool if you like pay attention to a lot of uh, these bench guys, a lot of these guys, you know, in college or fighting for roster spots. It's nice. But, you know, when the regular season starts, that's that's when everything starts to count. And that's when it starts to get good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we get what week zero, I guess they call it college football this weekend. Yeah, so what, Notre, Notre Dame and Navy and like USC and San Jose State, which I mean, you know, not not too great, but overall, it's still nice. Yeah, still football. So I, I definitely you'd will see be the last year's Heisman winner playing. So I mean, yeah. I guess it's not so horrible. You're gonna get to probably see him throw like five touchdowns and not play in the third quarter. But you know, so right. he just has to show up to let everybody know that he's the Heisman winner and he's coming back exactly. for it. Exactly. Plus, it just means we're that much closer to the expanded playoff. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a good thing. But, um, oh, I see, let's see, we've got Key, Jory, Wayne, Daniel Berry. What's going on? Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, obviously, hit the like button, share all that good stuff. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into this first topic. We got Alonzo Ball. You know, it's it's been kind of a lot of a disappointment with him since he's come into the league, whether it's injuries even early on in his career was the, you know, the jump shot and everything, the pressure that was put on him from his dad and everything like that, the attention he had. Well, he came out and said that he's going to miss this upcoming season because of the knee, which we heard last season, the bulls were talking about. They don't even really know when he'll play. They, they don't really like what's going on with the knee. I think he's supposed to have like cartilage regeneration type of surgery which just hearing Carla's regeneration makes it seem like eh, yeah, might not be crazy going too on. optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. And now like looking at him, 
I mean, Jory did kind of put it out there. He's done. Should we kind of start thinking that way? That he may actually just be done at this point. Like, what do you think, Dylan? I mean, I, that's kind of just the impression I've got. I mean, he hasn't played in, what, uh, three seasons, two seasons? I mean, and it just seems like he's progressively injured. Or not even, like, progressively injured. He's just staying injured. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could be coming back, but it's not going to be for anything, you know, worthwhile. You know, maybe... I don't know. I just feel like he might come back at a point and get injured and just have to call it a career at that point. And then just why not do it now? You know, you made a lot of money in your career. I just I I, I don't know. You know, like you said, regeneration surgery, like oof. what? No. Yeah, that's yeah, three knee surgery since January 22nd. Like you just need to. Just need to, you know, pump the brakes there. Right. I mean, maybe. Maybe that is the next announcement that comes from post-surgery or something. Because just because he has a surgery doesn't really mean much for anything. He's going to have to go through probably some extensive rehab. And it's going to be whether or not... Yeah, it's going to be like whether or not he's going to have that desire to put in all that work. To then probably put his body at risk going back on the court to possibly re-injure himself. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, look, I, I was one of those who wasn't the biggest Lonzo Ball fan when he got drafted, which I kind of think might have been because of how high he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Not saying he couldn't have been an NBA player, but I didn't think he was worthy of the, that was the number two pick. That was the number two overall pick. Yeah, and I think because of that, you know, a lot of the perception of him is kind of tied to that, especially when you look at, you know, who else was in that draft? I was always a big Darren Fox guy, which obviously, mm-hmm. hindsight now, Deon, Darren Fox has had a much better career. Mm-hmm. But you definitely have to feel for Lonzo Ball because he can, when he's on the court and he's healthy, you definitely see the role he can play. He's a very good on ball, like lead guard defender. The three point shot was shaky in the beginning, but he, you know, he fixed his form to the point where. Yeah. He was a pretty He's reliable three-point shooter. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunately he's probably going to be one of those players where it's going to be what if. Mm-hmm. You know, what if he never got hurt? Or what if he got drafted somewhere else? I don't know. But it's it's definitely sad, you know, the whole Stephen A stuff kind of being thrown into it and the video he put out of him getting that up out of the chair. Oh, that's all that's cute and everything, but let's see where he is a few months from now. Like, is he mm-hmm. still kind of in the public eye or does he kind of just drift away? Uh, Jory said she wanted De'Aaron to the Lakers, not Lonzo that year. I mean, that's what I thought the Lakers were going to take, but oh, I mean, when LeVar started talking about Lonzo, there I knew it was going to happen. And I was like, this yes. is a storybook, this is Hollywood wrote, it's going to happen. Right. I mean, I knew also that, you know, Magic was going to take Lonzo Ball. For the, you know, he, he played at UCLA. It's right there. So, he yeah, it, it was just too obvious. But in terms of basketball fit, yeah, De'Aaron Fox probably would have been the better choice. I mean, I hate throwing this in the Lakers' face whenever I can. That guy who was taking number three was pretty good, Jason Tatum. Just saying. Just saying. And he was a Kobe fan, so... 
you know, probably not fair to Lakers fans, but you know, it's a Celtics fan in me. I saw the opportunity, uh, I had to take it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I guess the other part of this is the Bulls now. The Bulls basically have been waiting around for Alonzo Ball because he's the obvious piece that the team is missing. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Bulls, what exactly do you do here? Because obviously I mean, you can't trade Lonzo Ball or anything like that, but should this be probably the sign that the Bulls probably need to just tear it down? You know, DeRozan, Levine, send them off and try to rebuild it around somebody else. What I would say so. I, I would say so. I mean, yeah, I, it's not looking like Lonzo's going to come back. If you're not going to get anything out of him. I mean, I'm not sure if they have to pay him. I'm not sure how those things 100% work, I imagine. They work it out, he gets paid less, whatever. But they're still paying him at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, and it's probably still a pretty high number. Um, DeMar DeRozan isn't getting any younger, and he isn't someone that should be looked at as a, a as a number one option on a championship team. And I don't feel the same with Zach Levine. And then Vucevic is also a nice piece. But again, he's just one of those pieces that you can't really rely on him to lead a championship roster. It seems like all of these guys would be good as second options elsewhere mm-hmm. or second, third options elsewhere. And just not all together. Um, yeah. The bulls definitely need to rebuild. They don't really have, I mean, outside of Patrick Williams, you know, Kobe white's kind of iffy. They re-signed AO DeSumo. They kind of have an interesting future, but overall, I mean, they're filled with just purgatory players is what it feels like is it's where they're all going to be. They're going to be around 10th seed play in every year. Um, and you yeah. don't, you don't, you don't want to be stuck in that area. It's not fun. Right. Cause it seems like they, they just keep holding out hope that Lonzo ball is just going to come back because a lot of bulls fans and the way that they kind of operate. It's like, if we put Lonzo on this team, this team's going to be dangerous, but like it, it's that it's at the point where you kind of have to just stop waiting for Lonzo and just move forward with a different plan. You know, if he comes back, fine. Then you can kind of wedge him into whatever the new look of your team is, but you kind of have to plan for the worst at this point, that he's just going to retire and you just never see him again in a Bulls uniform. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. You know, Rod said Lonzo Ball's done and – Lonzo Ball needs to play in the big three. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. If he comes back, he won't be the same. True. You know, you have to think with the knee surgeries, his lateral speed will probably diminish, which is going to affect his defensive ball pressure skills. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to wonder, will he get enough lift on his shot? Could that be affected? So, yeah, there's a lot that could, could definitely go south because of the knee surgeries can't be as aggressive as he was once was yeah exactly in any capacity i mean three knee surgeries since january 2022 like that is a lot that's tough to go through Mm -hmm. got control checking in what's going on control all right so let's go to the next story so yeah christmas day the nba you know they put up the schedule I feel like with, with a lot of NBA fans, Christmas Day is kind of like when they, you know, assume it's like opening day for, for NBA. Because, you know, the time before that, teams are still kind of getting out of the preseason mode. 
they're, they're trying to figure out some some things. But by Christmas Day, is like these teams need to get going and kind of figure it out. So they released their schedule. We got Bucks Knicks as the first game of the day, then Warriors Nuggets, then first time in what 15 years you get Celtics Lakers, Sixers uh, Heat. Oh, I guess reunited of Jimmy Butler, and you end your night with Luca versus KD with the Mavericks and the Suns. So looking at the lineup here, what would you? I guess how would you rate the games one through five? What order would you like put just, them in? So so okay, so rank them that way. Cool. Yeah. So best matchup to the worst matchup. So to start at one, I think I think the best matchup would man. I do really like that Mavericks uh, Suns matchup. You know they already have some history. They they at least when it comes to Devin Booker and Luca, they're not really too big fans of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Kyrie going back to face Kevin Durant, which is going to be interesting. Sure. Um, it's going to be a new rebuilt Suns team, not so much on the Mavericks end, but it's going to be mainly the history part. I think that's why they put it on as that main part. I mean, KD Kyrie prime time you know everyone wants is gonna want to see that um i agree with Cottrell. i think bucks knicks would probably be kind of at that bottom of the list um both teams are good but there's not really anything to go from there it's not like really any of them have beef it's not like what mario hazonia is still there you know when he dunked over Giannis and all that yeah. stuff happened um <laughs> so i feel like it's just going to be a good game um so that would probably that would be one on the bottom of my list and then if we had to go two through three man as much as I, I do like the Celtics and the Lakers matchup, I do. I'm going to put that one at fourth. Um, when it comes to like the like at the bottom, um, both teams are really good. Again, it's 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 a new built Lakers team. Um, and it's a new, new kind of new breed Celtics team. There's not kind of that old school rivalry there. I imagine it's going to be very respectful. I imagine both teams are going to play pretty hard. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a pretty good game. Um, I think number two, I would have to go the 76ers and. You know, the heat, you know, Jimmy Butler going not back to Philadelphia, but, you know, the history he has there. Um, I know I imagine it's going to be respectful, but it's probably going to be a good rugged game. Both teams play pretty hard and it's close. Um, at number three, though, I have the Warriors Nuggets um, that you can probably interchange in that 76ers mm-hmm. game and that Warriors game. Both of them are really good. I imagine just the offensive scoring in that game is going to be absolutely wild. The playmaking is going to be crazy. It's going to be on Christmas, so everyone's going to be showing out. It just seems like that's just the Warriors thing on those big moments. They like, you know, showboat, brag. That's that. That's the thing. And on Christmas Day, you know, I can imagine see Steph Curry, you know, hitting a three and, you know, doing some sort of Christmas celebration towards the crowd. It'd be, it'd be crazy. It'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's definitely an interesting lineup. Uh, I know Control put on there. He was hoping maybe his Cavs might get some love on Christmas. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if the if the Cavs are on here. They're definitely an up and coming team in the East. Uh, I mean, I was kind of thinking this with Control as well. He said he would have loved Warrior Suns matchup, CP3 versus his old team, KD versus his old team. Yeah, that'd have been nice. I would have that, been that. that would, yeah, I, I, I could I could watch that. Uh, but, I mean, look at the matches they have, you know. Giannis at Madison Square Garden. We know that's going to be a show. Knicks fans are going to show out to see Giannis. And you know Giannis is is probably going to put up some big numbers that day. Also, Jalen Brunson, his second year in New York. We'll, we'll see what he looks like. You know, Warriors, Nuggets. It's defending chance versus Steph, Clay, 
Draymond. So a lot of names. I mean, Jamal Murray, don't want to forget about him. So a lot, a lot of big names in that matchup. You know, we'll see Chris Paul's role at that point. Is he still a bench guy? Has he worked his way somehow into the starting lineup? Who knows? We'll see what Steve Kerr's got up the sleeve there. I mean, Celtics-Lakers, yeah, because of the history and the fact that it's the first time in 15 years that these two have played on Christmas Day, that's going to add a little bit to it. And then look at the matches from last year. They had what the – I think both games went to overtime between the two teams. So that that's going to be interesting. Like you said, both teams have made some changes to the roster. Sixers, Heat. I think uh, Coachella said in the chat, like, if at that point – Joel Embiid is just completely done with Philly. That game could turn ugly. And with the James Harden element of it, where James Harden's kind of being forced to stay there right now. Like, it could be an ugly scene for Philly. It's probably a good thing it's down in Miami and not in Philly, because Mm -hmm. that could turn into an ugly, ugly scene in Philadelphia. So that's probably the, the worst matchup, only because there's so many issues with Philly right now. That by the time he gets to this game, Philly could be bottomed out for all we know. And then Dallas, Phoenix, it'll be intriguing because of the way Phoenix has their roster set up. It'll be good to see, you know, by Christmas Day, they'll have some games under their belt. You know, the players will, you know, Beal, KD, Booker, Aiton. Um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. But, you know, those guys will now have had a couple of weeks under them. And maybe they have better cohesion at that point. So maybe they look like a juggernaut. Maybe they're still struggling. And then with Dallas, it's always going to be Luka and Kyrie. How are they going to play together now in their second year together? Because they, you know, were paired up at the trade deadline or whatever last year. And they had their feeling. Yeah, they had their whole offseason together. Is is, Is the pair looking better? They still look like two guys who were just playing their own game at different times on the court. You know, they brought in Grant Williams. How does that look? So I agree with, you know, Jory when she said, like, it's a really, really good lineup. And we'll we'll see. We're not that far away. Now Christmas is. Once you hit fall weather, it seems like Christmas just sneaks up on you. So we're definitely not that far away from it. Uh, but I guess if I had to rate them, I'd probably say I'm probably most intrigued by Nuggets, Warriors, then Mavericks, Suns, probably go Celtics, Lakers, Sixers, Heat, and then Knicks, Bucks. Oh, because with the Knicks, until you know Julius Randle's gone. I, I just temper my excitement for the Knicks right now. Well, like the Knicks, the Knicks are a team. They're like fun. They're, man, they're not even necessarily really fun. Like they're just, they're like, they're just good. That That's it. They don't really have anything that's like too polarizing on that roster. Like Josh mm-hmm. Hart's cool. RJ Barrett's cool. Jul- not Nobody really is a big fan of Julius Randle. But uh, yeah. Jalen Brunson, like he has a following, but he isn't really like a top player that everyone's looking for. So, I mean... Like the roster's just good. Roster's cool, but like it's not anything too crazy or polarizing. They don't have a superstar on that team, right? And after the success they had last year, can they continue that this season? Because for 
for certain teams, you know, Anthony said he'd love to see the Kings. The Kings are another intriguing team. Where last year they snuck up on people. Now that people are expecting them to be good, can they, you know, recapture what they did last year? Same with the Knicks and some other teams like that. But yeah, Kings, I would have no problem seeing them Christmas. Maybe maybe next year. Let's catch up on like these. The bean. Yeah. You know, they, they finally have the fan base, like, really excited for the team. I do think it's only a matter of time before they get a Christmas Day game. I uh, got Coach in here. What's going on? What's up? Good coach. Got Adam Hurley. Goes Lakers, Suns, Nuggets, Heat when they get Dame. I mean, the whole Dame part, it's like, do we actually think that trade's going to happen? I, I kind of. I feel like it is. I feel like we're just kind of delaying the inevitable. They'll get something worked out. Like I, I feel kind of the same with Harden. I feel like they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll get something worked out, or you know, I don't know. I feel like it's just a lot of just banter in the meantime. Now I agree with you. It's just like, well, I guess in both situations, it's it's the situation that Portland would love to move Dame, but they want to get back something for him and Miami is still going to sit here and be like, we'll give you some draft picks and Tyler hero. Portland's probably like, eh, we could probably get more than that somewhere else I'm for, like... for the Sixers. It's hard and wants out, but what team is going to give up anything of use for a guy that's what mid thirties in the fat suit again, coming up short in the playoffs with the price tag attached to him. Uh-huh. So both guys might be stuck maybe until the trade deadline, which that's going to put major clouds over the head of Phoenix. I mean, not Phoenix, uh, Philly, mm-hmm. because how does that, how's that going to affect Joel Embiid's mood? And then Portland, because they want to start fresh with Scoot Henderson, but if Dame is still around the team, it just creates unnecessary drama behind the team. Well, I don't mm, see the thing is with that on the Portland side, I think if Dame is on the team, you know, I mm-hmm. think he'll just play, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be one of those dudes who's going to be like expressing his discomfort and be like, I won't play here. I, I think he just, just genuinely won't care. I think if it isn't Miami, he'll be like, okay, I'm like I'll just play here. Like sure guys, that's your guys' decision. I guess like I he can make all the subliminal Miami messages he wants, but yeah. I man, I don't feel like Damian Lillard's the type of dude to just hold out because he's not traded. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, he he wouldn't pull a Harden. I I I can agree with that. But it'll just be weird that you know he requested the trade. He supposedly didn't want them to take Scoot Henderson, but then now because he can't get traded, now he's going to play with Scoot Henderson. I still feel like there'd be a little bit of friction, not as much as Philly, of course, but there'd have to be something within that locker room. But I do think Dame would play. He'd probably say all the right things once the season starts. It's just weird the way that he's kind of played the offseason to just think that's going to be 100% good times and you know rainbows and sunshine in that locker room. Um, Adam says, okay, so Adam's been talking about the Rockets in here. He says they're underrated. He seriously can't name one bad player on the Rockets. I'm serious when I say they're being overlooked. I mean, yeah, what you said, most people will say Dylan Brooks. Uh, 
He's good defensively, so I get that. I yeah. Dylan Brooks has a role as long as he's not your vocal leader, which I'm assuming he's not going to be in Houston. Or your number one shooter. Right. Yes. Uh, Minnesota versus the Kings on the 23rd would be good for Christmas. I'm kind of good on Minnesota on Christmas. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Anthony Edwards, but the rest of the team, eh. mm, I don't need it. Yeah, I'm not too big on. I like Carl Anthony Towns, but man, Rudy Gobert. Nobody wants to see any primetime yeah. Rudy Gobert. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, absolutely not. Uh, well, I think Kerm was is Kerm answering Adam. Who's their franchise guy for the Rockets, I guess. I mean, franchise guy for the Rockets, you're looking at, well, coach. I mean, coach is the uh, Rockets fan, says Jalen Green. Uh, was that um, Sangoon, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith? That's their core. Not a bad young core there. I mean, what what Houston's doing is kind of the smart thing. With your young core, surround them with good veterans. Look, I love the Jeff Green edition. I am the biggest fan of Jeff Green, not necessarily for just on the court, but the fact that he went through the open heart thing and he's crafted out a really good career after that. Like mm-hmm. That's something that in that Houston locker room can work wonders because they're going to look at that guy. You know Jeff Green's going to be an extension of Ime Udoka. And I, yeah, I, I I just think he's gonna be a really great leader for that Houston team. Yeah, coach also adds Eamon Thompson, Cam Whitmore. Yes, yeah, so a lot of young talent there, but in addition, like like I said, Jeff Green will will definitely work there. I can't believe can't forget that that's a big signing there too, Jacques Londale. Yeah. So Houston will be a fun team to watch. I'll say that. Oh yeah. Definitely a sneaky playing team. Uh, as coach says, hit the nail right in the head. Having Jeff Green, not far as being on the court, but being that veteran, that, yep. And he's got a title to back it up, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go. All right, so we're going to switch to the NFL. We got to talk about Trey Lance. Seems like with the preseason going on, and this kind of seemed like a pivotal preseason for Trey Lance. He hasn't, you know, taken those starting job away from Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And for the fact that San Francisco traded up for him in a draft class that had, you know, Jalen, not Jalen Hurts, um, Justin Fields, who I thought was going to be the San Francisco pick, and looking at his progression with Chicago, it's probably kind of unfairly put pressure on Trey Lance for a guy who didn't throw a lot in college and just needs more time to develop. But unfortunately, San Francisco's kind of in a win-now mode. So looking at the San Francisco job, I guess the first question would be, do you think Brock Purdy is going to be the starting quarterback opening day in the NFL? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I, I I think they've announced it or something along those lines. I thought, but um, oh, yeah, the way the way management, um, way everyone's been talking, yeah. I mean, he he won him, you know, played eight straight games, won him eight straight games, mm-hmm. and took him to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, 
It's obviously earned the locker room's faith and trust. It seems like he's doing really good from his elbow injury. I'm recovering really fine. Um, seems like he's been killing it in training camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trey Lance is still unproven, even though, you know, yesterday on Cheap Seats, we were like, why wouldn't you play Trey Lance, you know, if you traded all that capital away, or at least at right. the backup spot. But Darnold struggled. Lance is still unproven. At least Purdy has shown that he can win in your guys' offense. You know, you have confidence behind him. So does the locker room. So, yeah, it's Purdy. All right. So then follow-up will be, what does San Francisco do with Trey Lance? Do you keep him around as a backup, which doesn't really help his development? Or do you try to find a trade partner to maybe get a draft pick or something out of it? Like, what would you do with him? I mean, you keep him as your backup for sure. You look for a trade partner, but you don't sell him for whatever you can get him for. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still going to be valuable to your offense. Um, I mean, I guess we don't really know why he isn't playing over Purdy. I mean, obviously, San Francisco probably thinks Purdy's better in this situation. Um, spending two for spending what well, it was like two first round picks to move up to get him is you know a lot of draft capital. So you'd hope to accrue something like that or back but you know you haven't played trey lance so you're probably gonna what ship him off for a third fourth round pick it sucks i mean sucks for trey lance sucks for i mean san francisco but it's on them but mm. yeah you could try to move him but who's gonna want to pay that price for a quarterback who's been injured you know a couple of years he's been in the league and still has little to no passes you know no one's gonna want to spend really any super high pick on something like that you know Mm-hmm. A team isn't going to try to trade for him in a backup QB situation like an emergency. He's unproven. They'll they'll, tra- they'll go for Jacoby Brissett first. Right, yeah. And that, I think that's kind of the tough situation San Francisco's been put in. Because obviously you take Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant. You weren't expecting him to have the run he did last year. Mm-hmm. But also coming into this year, it seemed like the quarterback competition was actually open for Trey Lance to re-emerge as the guy but purdy is still also a young quarterback so he needs reps as well it's just that trey lance needs them even more and it's just it's kind of hard for them to kind of navigate both i guess streams out there while trying to win right now because they got so close last year so purdy's obviously the best option there but if you're looking at talent-wise and potential, you would think Trey Lance should be the guy. The way that the really? quarterback position is going, it's more mobile, you know, throwing on the run, RPO, which seems like right up Trey Lance's alley. It's just that he doesn't have the experience under center or, or anything like that to, to warrant the starting job right now. So it's... I mean, if Trey Lance is up to it, being the backup probably isn't the worst thing. And maybe they start out this year with a package of plays for him that he can come in for Purdy, run certain plays that fit him right now in his development. And that helps him build confidence. And then maybe next year we revisit this and maybe he's ready to take over as a starter. I do think it'd be crazy for them to just give up on him because of the potential, and you did move up to take him at number three. So if you sell him off now, when the other guys that were in that draft, not even just the quarterback position, like Jamar Chase was there. Imagine Jamar Chase in San Francisco. 
Montrezl I mean, it's, Samuel. Yeah. Jalen so, Waddle was in that draft. Exactly. It's it, I don't know, man. San Francisco is it's also and also I guess to bring up the whole Shanahan aspect of this, which has been talked about enough on the network. Shanahan's a cocky guy as an OC and now as a head coach. You know, he thinks he has the Midas touch when it comes to any quarterback. So he assumes he could probably turn Brock Purdy into the next star. But of course, he he probably needs to win a Super Bowl to really establish that, you know, as a really good offensive guy. You want to know what's crazy about like him him thinking about that? You know, you'd think maybe the dude you traded two first round picks for, maybe you should try doing that on him. You know, exactly. Maybe that might yeah. make the franchise a little more happier. You know, you traded two first round picks to get this dude who's supposed to be this next big star, you know, and the next big new breed of quarterback. And mm-hmm. you're like, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that that's the project I want to build. Like, no, maybe maybe the dude you spent two first round picks on you know, get, get the value back. Yeah, that's a good point. Why not put in the work on Trey Lance and see what he turns into? So Adam has a question. Do we think that Purdy could lead the Niners to the Super Bowl? I don't think so because I still think Purdy has limitations and I'd find it hard to I'd find it hard to see them if they had a rematch with Philly beating them even if Purdy is healthy that game. Even if they got past that I guess you're just saying lead them to the Super Bowl, not necessarily win one. But as long as Hurts is with Philadelphia and that defense continues to get better through the draft, I don't know if Purdy's the guy that could lead them there. I mean, can he get them back to the playoffs? Yes. You know, the rest of the division is outside of Seattle. You know, they're going to get a lot of wins between the Rams and Cardinals. So they'll probably be a playoff team. I can't see them making a Super Bowl. They'd probably have a better chance with Lance if Lance ever got to the level of what his potential could be. But, I mean, what do, what do you think, Dylan? Um, it just depends. I feel like it could be possible. I mean, took him to an NFC championship, you know. Maybe, right. granted, half the season wasn't his work. So, I guess that could have maybe possibly changed the narrative. But at the end of the day, he did lead them to an NFC championship. Um, fell short due to injury, something that's not really his fault. I mean, it just depends. San Francisco is a very injury-struck team. It seems like every year they're getting an injury in a key position and losing a key player for mm-hmm. an extensive amount of time. Either it's been George Kittle, Debo Samuel, their running back group, their quarterbacks defensively. Um, it seems like always San Francisco is struggling at a core position group. So if San Francisco can stay healthy and, you know, barring any injuries, I feel like, yeah, it could be possible. I mean, we saw Jared Goff do it. We saw Matt Ryan do it. I mean, saw Shanahan do it with Matt Ryan. I mean... At the end of the day, um, yeah. didn't win it, but still led him to a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I it's I think it could be possible. I mean, is, is it very likely? Depends. I mean, Purdy is going to probably struggle in big moments. I feel like there will probably be ways to get to him. Um, I wouldn't favor you know him over Dallas or Philadelphia, like you mentioned. I mean, I'm a Seattle fan, so I won't go out and say say Seattle, but I mean Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, they're obviously the second, third best team in the league, even with Purdy at the quarterback. But, I mean, always at, uh, always at the end of the season, they struggle. I mean, 
Uh, let's see. Jory said Shanahan likes a quarterback that'll do whatever he says. Mm-hmm. And nothing more. Quarterback. Less. Yeah. He just wants him to play his plays and not argue. Yeah. There's no off the script with with his quarterbacks. She also said they need to look into strength and conditioning over there as well. Agreed. Agreed. It, I mean, look at all their running backs. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mustard. I know, like, all those guys play for Miami now because that's mm-hmm. where they just leave. But, I mean, yeah, Trey Sermon. I mean, Elijah Mitchell, McCaffrey. I mean, they just have injury positions. Debo Samuel's getting injured all the time. Kittle's been injured. I mean, Lance, Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Seems like everyone on that. Bose has been injured. I mean, yeah. even their cornerbacks, when Jason Verrett was there, he was injured. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably something that to definitely keep watch of. Uh, Marlon said, we don't know Purdy ceiling or floor. If he can repeat what he did last season, I'd say give him the man the job. I mean, that's yeah. also a good point. We don't really know how good Purdy is either. I mean, he has the job for right now, so, I mean... Like we mentioned yesterday, I feel like, you know, keeping Lance at that backup, you know, Purdy gets hurt or he struggles, sucks. Mm-hmm. And you got to throw Lance in there. He, you can't you can't put Donald over him. There's just like if you have like a big official depth chart, and I don't know if they do yet, but if you do, Donald can't be over Lance in that depth chart. I'm okay with Purdy starting. I understand it recency bias, but, you know, Lance has to be the, that, that second string. Yeah, I agree. If yeah, if we see that Darnold's the number two and Lance is basically like your emergency number three, then yeah, at that point, you're not really going to help Lance's development either that way. Yeah. So at least as a backup, he'll get backup snaps and everything, and he can still make progression that way. But yeah, I if feel he's, like he if almost behind, they started yeah. the season with him last year, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Adam says, I got the Ravens winning the Super Bowl this year. I think this is the first time that Lamar has good receivers to throw to. I mean, we will definitely have an episode with our predictions, but we will remember that one, Adam, when we get there. So you got the Ravens winning it all. Interesting. I don't. Teaser there, but I see what you're saying. Uh, Anthony says, it's Purdy, then Trey, then Donald. Yes, I mean, Darnold. Uh, Marlon says, with Darnold, man, like I said to my 49th brother in the chat, I'm still scratching my head. Yeah. Well, I think, well, didn't Darnold have a decent kind of close to the season with the Panthers last year? Oh, yeah. They've, uh, they threw him back in the roster, and he actually played really well. That's, yeah, so that's I, why. That's probably what saved his status. I thought status Carolina was going to resign him after that, to be honest. I thought Carolina was going to uh, resign him. Um, and then they did the, they traded for number one, which was yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely would take Bryce Young over Darnold, but Darnold, yeah. we'll see. We'll see if Darnold's even, maybe Darnold's a surprise cut. I don't know. We never know. There's always one of those. There's always a bunch of names that get cut during the trimming of the roster and all that. Darnold could be that guy that mm-hmm. could give Trey Lance a boost in confidence as well. It'd be a very surprise cut if they did that, but I could see it. I, I don't think it will happen. Though. I think yeah, I don't do it on that team. I think uh, what is it? Who's their Who's their GM there? I always forget his name. Is it Lynch? Lynch, yeah, it's Jerry. Well, yeah, Jerry Lynch. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I, he was making so many offseason comments about Sam Darnold, like how how he plays as a quarterback. They're not going to get rid of him. Oh, he made the comment about, I guess, him being like Steve Young or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it'd be tough to cut Steve Young. So, I guess, yeah, Darnold's going to have to stay. Uh, so, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, with that third quarterback rule now, I mean, I imagine they'll probably be like Josh Johnson or Sam Darnold, you know, we'll, we'll – well, we'll rather just keep the roster spot for Sam Arnold. I think it was Josh Johnson's with Baltimore now. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like. But you're saying okay, I got you. That, that, that type of role, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jory said she's all ravened out. I'm there with you. And then Anthony said Ravens need to try to stay healthy first. No, I I, I see where he's going for like with a a Baltimore Super Bowl prediction, but. I got to stay healthy first. Yeah. Like, if Lamar can stay healthy for a season, you know, like, completely, and then come back to me, I'll be like, oh, you know, I can see that. You know, they look good. Stayed healthy. This year, no. All right, so Adam asked, what is the third quarterback rule? So, it's basically, I guess it's like an emergency quarterback who... So, like, basically, you get a doesn't, third he doesn't quarterback take a, that doesn't fill yeah. a roster spot. So, basically, think of it as just, like... Normal NFL rosters are 53 teams. You get to have a 54th player, and that's just an emergency quarterback just in case, you know, your second one gets injured. You find yourself in the situation San Francisco uh, San Francisco was in in the title game where they were almost going to put, like, use check at quarterback or yeah. Kittle or something like that. So now you can have a third quarterback that's just there in case you need him. So, I mean, I'm fine with that rule. All right, more NFL news. I mean, this happened last week, but it was after our show, so we finally get to talk about it. The Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook sweepstakes ended. Zeke Elliott ended up in New England. Dalvin Cook ended up in New York uh, with the Jets. So looking at those two signing, which player do you think has the bigger impact on their team this upcoming season? So that's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say it's gonna be Dalvin Cook. That's just because I think he's been the better player more recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like he's gonna have a more carved out role. Um, Brees Hall's coming off of injury, and I think if we look at the Patriots situation, Ramondre is that one back, and I think he's still going to be that one back. Um, Elliot will get touches. He'll probably be like 65-35, 60-40, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to that share talent. But at the end of the day, uh, Cook's gonna probably be looked at as someone who will, you know maybe even split or get the majority of carries compared to Brees Hall, especially if you coming back uh, after an ACL injury. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be Cook. Um, he, yeah, I I just feel like they're going to use him more. I think he's a better talent. Um, Jets are going to kind of have all eyes on them. So, you know, made a big signing like Dalvin Cook. I think they'll use him. I feel like the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick's a great coach, but he's not just going to use Ezekiel Elliott because his name's Ezekiel Elliott, you know. Mm-hmm. He's going to use them in the right way, use them in the right package, you know. So, yeah, I probably think it would be Dalvin Cook will be used more. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most people will probably say Dalvin Cook because, like you said, looking just at Cook and Elliott, Cook is the better running back right now. I mean, I like the Elliott addition because of what he will bring in terms of mm-hmm. pass blocking, short yardage, 
I think red zone, you'll see him a lot. So I do think both of them will have a great impact. I guess the only thing will be the Jets offense. Will it, I don't know, will, will, will Aaron Rodgers try to do too much within that offense and kind of diminish Dalvin Cook's role? which I think would be crazy, the fact that you signed him to do something like that. But I don't know. I think I do think it would be closer than maybe people think. I probably would lean Zeke. Maybe that's the Patriot fan in me. But Well, I do think Zeke's kind of in a situation. Um, you know, Brees Hall's still really young, and he was still really right. good. Ramondre, as he's good, but he's still – I don't want to say unproven, but he's still kind of unproven in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not looked at as someone that's going to be like, you know, a lead back. He's not looked at as a top running back. He's looked at as someone who's still trying to find his ground, you know, becoming that lead back. Um, and if Ezekiel Elliott just plays really well, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he could potentially take over that spot and just get a majority of the carries and start being that lead back. But I do feel like he has a lot more potential. I feel like with Cook, it does kind of feel like, hey, this is kind of like a rental to hopefully make the playoffs. You know, we need more production, more superstars, more talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least with the Patriots, it feels like, hey, like we're going to try to like use you here to see if like, you know, you could fit something long term. I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Zeke has more long term potential there, I guess, is where I'm going, coming at. I got you. Uh, so. Bradley, I mean, Bradley, Marlon uh, says he's going with Cook. He wishes them both success. Jory asks, who has the better O-line? I'll tell you, both O-lines have questions, but yes, the Patriots, at least the Patriots interior line, you're kind of set with. The questions with Mm -hmm. them is going to be with the tackle positions Mm -hmm. because of Trent Brown, his injury history, and then the right tackle, they got to figure out who's actually going to play that. With the Jets, they're still relying on what Makai Becton to make it through a full season. And they have other Wayne questions Brown, on their line. Yeah. Who's so old. Right. So you would say the Patriots have the better old line. Yes, I do agree with that. But they both have questions. Okay. Probably we'll see. It's it's especially with the two of them in the same division. They're we'll going to play. play against each other twice. Yeah. And you know, that's going to be a big storyline going into it. I do like your point about Ramondre Stevenson because even last year, he was seen as the second guy to Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. This is his first year as the lead guy. And we'll have to see how he can perform as the number one. Because as a second, as, as the backup running back, you know, you might come in in third down situations or more favorable situations to you. But now as the lead guy, like you have to, you're supposed to be out there first, second, sometimes third down, increased workload, which we'll have to see. Can he make it through a season with that? Uh, but yeah, so maybe by the middle of the season, Zeke Elliott's role maybe increases a little bit. And that's to kind of balance out with Ramondre. But I'll still take Zeke but I do think Dalvin Cook will have a big impact for the Jets as well. All right, so Jury says, I'm taking Zeke and the Patriots just due to the fact that the Jets have much more of a patchwork O-line, even though I honestly believe that Zeke is one and a half yards in a cloud of dust. That could be very true, which is why I said short yardage is where you'll see him a lot. 
and and around the goal Seems line. Seems like as he's well. getting a lot of pass work as well, too. Right, because he is a really good blitz. Um, he's really good in recognizing the blitz and picking it up, which was kind of a struggle for Stevenson last year. All right, let's keep it rolling. All right, so now we have our predictions, our final two divisions. We are out west in the AFC and the NFC. So we're going to start with the AFC West. Now, as you, as you all see, have the projected win totals. This is from FanDuel Sportsbook. So it's updated as of today. So their prediction to win the division, they have the Chiefs, 11 and a half wins. Coming second would be the Chargers at nine and a half. Then the Broncos, eight and a half. Bringing up the rear, we got the Raiders, six and a half wins. So as we always do on here, we will first pick our lock win total, you know, over under that we would go with if we had to put it down in Vegas. So Dylan, which one of these are you locking in? Man, these this is rough. I mean, this AFC West is kind of like the Chiefs and a bunch of question marks. Um, right. You don't know what any of these teams are going to bring. Um, maybe the Chargers can get a little bit of a pass, but um, overall, we don't know what's going to happen with Denver. We don't know what's going on with Las Vegas, and then you know, the Chargers still are still a slight question mark. If I had to pick one, man, I think I'm going to go big with this one. I'm going to say under six and a half wins for the Raiders. Um. Man, Josh McDaniels is an interesting head coach. Um, he's never been good as one. I mean, you know him as a Patriots fan. He's great okay. with the Patriots, but when it comes to his own head coaching tenures, he's never good. I'm not a big yeah. fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like week four, he's going to get injured, and it's going to be the Aiden O'Connell story, and I don't know what to expect with that. Um, I feel like we could see Devontae Adams asking for a trade by week three. You know, Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs leading the re- league in rushing team still finishing with five wins um it's just not a lot to hope for on this Raiders team I mean they did draft Tyree Wilson which is a is very hopeful but it was still question marks he's a, a player that's a very much much of a project player um not best player overall for the Raiders um it's gonna be interesting I uh, maybe it's just because I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo maybe it's because I think he might get injured you know in, during cut week I don't know um but yeah I'm gonna take Raiders under six and a half Okay. Uh, for me, I'll go with. I, mean, I do agree with you. It's Kansas City, and then glaring question marks with yeah. each of the three other teams. Uh, so Adam did put that he thinks Russell Wilson went bad, and that Denver doesn't win nine games. I think, from what I've seen, Russ looks like he's in a little bit better shape. Hopefully, that brings more scrambling this year. And. Defensively, I think Denver is still good. Even offensively, they still have pieces there for them to be a good team. I was a big believer in Denver last year. I mean, I'll I'll even put myself out there. I actually thought the Broncos were going to make the Super Bowl last year. I mean, I definitely looked like an idiot after about week one. But I think they can get over the eight and a half, and I kind of want to make that my luck. I think they can get. I think they should be at least a nine-win team this year. It's going to be tough, especially within the division with Kansas City and the Chargers. But I think Nathaniel Hackett just dragged down the morale of that team last year. 
and with Sean Payton going in there, I think it get infusion of energy. I think we get not necessarily, you know, prime Russell Wilson from Seattle, but definitely a guy that looks more like a starting quarterback. And look, Russell Wilson still throws one of the best deep balls, I think, in the league. I mm-hmm. feel like we're probably going to see some more of that this year. So that's going to put a lot of, I guess, on Jerry Judy and those guys to stay healthy. Because we did talk about San Francisco and their injuries. You look at Denver and that wide receiver group, there's injuries all over that from the past couple of years. But I'll lock in Denver over eight and a half. And once again, I might look foolish by week four, but that's where I'm going to go with it. Yeah, wouldn't they have like 16 total points in by week four? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Which at that point, because I do think that this job is not only important to Russell Wilson, it's also important to Sean Payton. Very much. I feel like that that gets very like I'm not sure if it's been mentioned a lot, but I think that gets very like a overshadowed. Like, yeah, Sean Payton has a lot kind of riding on this too. Like he retired from the Saints, where he still I wouldn't say necessarily had a great gig, but you know, still arguably had a better position there. Um, mm-hmm. To kind of like be this like you know he's kind of toted as this football guru, you know, with this highly touted head coach. Yeah. So. He kind of yeah, has a lot riding on this. In all the years that like Dallas was flirting with him and all that, if he comes back to coaching for this Denver job and it blows up in his face, then yeah, a lot of that luster behind the Sean Payton name would go up in smoke with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, maybe because of that, they're they find a way to make it work because he and Russell Wilson just be desperate enough to get them over the eight and a half. All right, so now looking at the rest of the division, I guess we'll start with Kansas City. The 11 and a half is always a tough number for me because picking a team to win 12 games in a very tough NFL is mm-hmm. definitely tough to do. But looking at this Kansas City team, how do you think they end up doing? Do you think they um, go over or under? It's interesting with Kansas City because anytime you doubt them, they just kind of prove us all wrong. And they're just yeah. like, yeah, actually, we're still good, you know. Anytime we think they have, like, scrub of players or, like, they have a weak position group, they're just like, actually, we're just going to make these players good. And, you know, that's just what Kansas City's been doing. Um, their biggest question marks, are obviously, are probably at that receiving core, um, being one of their main question marks. Um, Darius Tony looks like he's still struggling with some injuries. Sky Moore is unproven. Um, you've got a rookie in Rishi Rice. A lot of question marks there other than Travis Kelsey. And then when you look at the running back core, I'm pretty sure Pacheco's still a little bit injured. Um, besides Edwards, Hilaire is a different, an interesting piece. You know, might make things work, but you never know. Um, Kansas City's still going to be really good. Um, mm-hmm. I still think they can beat the Raiders, no problem. Um, I still think they can beat... Probably the Chargers, no problem. I'm not sure how that, you know, will necessarily go for them. Um, and I feel like they necessarily have an easier schedule. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. They opened the season against the Lions. Um, like very, I'm not sure you would call that a winnable game, but I would favor them. Um, mm-hmm. They have to play the Bears, the Vikings. I mean, they do have tough games against like the Eagles and the Bills this year. But other than that, uh, and the Bengals, I do believe they played the Bengals. But other than that, outside of their conference games, um, fairly winnable. Um, I think Kansas City could hit 12 wins. 11 wins would be fairly close as well, too. But I'll I'll take the over. I think Kansas City is going to be the best team in the AFC again. Um, 
kind of prove everybody wrong like they normally do. So 12 wins mm -hmm. should be good for them. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think because I do see them as 11, 12 win team. I'll take the over because, I mean, as long as you got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, it just seems like it's hard to really bet against them. But I do think the division, especially with Denver, is going to be improved. I think Denver and the Chargers, maybe they end up splitting with Kansas City. Don't know. They're, they're both talented enough to do that. Uh, the Raiders, look, I, I, I'm i sure they'll probably sweep the Raiders and both those games might get ugly. But I don't know if the division is going to be as easy as it has been past couple of years. Um, so I guess we're both going with the over for Kansas City. So Denver, I took the over. Do you agree with me on Denver? And Denver's an interesting story. They're also a team struggling with some injuries. Um, Javante Williams is coming back. Signs Ma JP Ryan, which, oh, you guy, I really like. Um, mm -hmm. And then definitely to have some interesting injuries at that receiving core. You know, they cut KJ Hamler. Tim Patrick is out for the season as well, too. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, who's also, you know, both guys have struggled with injuries, ma mainly mm -hmm. Cortland Sutton. But uh, also going to be some question marks there. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what Sean Payton's done with this team. Um, I'm going to take the over. Um, I, I do. Maybe maybe it might be the old Seahawks fan in me. Um, I do like what Russell Wilson could do with, you know, a healthy Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I think they're going to compliment him very well. Um, still have a really good defense. I think Pat Sertan's one of the best cornerbacks in the, in, in the league. Um, still have Justin Simmons, who's still a really good safety. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think I'll take the over. Maybe they might just hit nine, but yeah. I, I think they'll I, I think they'll get that over. Okay. Now I think maybe the toughest one in the division, the Chargers at nine and a half, because mm -hmm. with the Chargers, it's like Brandon Staley, like he's definitely he should be coaching for his job. I was about to say definitely, but we don't know what with the Chargers what their front office will do. Because to a lot of people, they thought Staley probably should have lost the job after the playoff collapse that they had against the Jaguars, but he survived that. You have, you know, Justin Herbert, who is one of these young quarterbacks that, you know, I think a lot of analysts fall in love with. They are ready to put him up into that next tier. It's just that we need him to start winning playoff games at this point. You have a receiving core that, look, I'm the biggest Keenan Allen fan, but he's not the youngest guy anymore. And you just wonder how many games can you get out of him? You have Mike Williams, who is like every time it seems like he's starting to play well, he's getting injured. You're bringing in Quentin Johnston, mm -hmm. who I'm intrigued by because I do think we could see some interesting connections between he and Herbert. There's definitely big, big playability with those two. And then you have Eckler, who, you know, with the whole running back controversy that's going on, you know, Eckler is kind of one of the reasons why the running back position is where it is because he's a late-round guy who's been very effective. And that's kind of why a lot of these teams don't invest a lot of capital in terms of money into the position. 
And then you look at their defense, like they are very talented guys over there. Got to see J.C. Jackson. Can he have a bounce-back season? He, he struggled last year. And there's just a lot circling around this team, so it could either completely fall apart this year and they're like a seven-win team, or maybe they finally put it all together and they're like an 11-win team. I don't know. I'd probably take the over as a 10-win team, but I think it's going to be very tough throughout the season trying to figure out like what exactly is are the Chargers. Like how good are they? So I'll take the over. I'm very hesitant by saying that, but what do you think about the Chargers? Man, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Um, it's really hard to figure out, you know, what the Chargers are. I, I feel like I don't want to say they're one of the older teams, but I would say they're one of the older teams when you think of people like, you know, Mike Williams has been in the league for a little bit. Keenan Allen, Allen's been in the league for a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say Eckler has, but he's been in the league. Khalil Max on that roster, he's been in the mm-hmm. league for a while. Um, I mean, Derwin James, man, it feels like he's even been in the league for a little bit now. Yeah. Um, so the Chargers are interesting. Um, injuries have been their big thing as well. I mean, kind of in the same boat as a lot of different teams but it just seems like their core positions can never just stay healthy Um, mainly that wide receiver cornerback it just seems like both sides of that ball can't stay healthy which sucks Mm -hmm. because i mean at least on the wide receiver end you know justin herbert's a very a very good passing quarterback um, tall six six um, big size quarterback um so not having your number one or two receiver or you know mixtures of them in different spurts isn't really helpful I'm not super high on Brandon Staley, and that's maybe why I'm going to pick the Chargers under. Um, it just no, there's nothing about this Chargers roster that screams like anything like too exciting for me. It just mm-hmm. kind of feels like the same thing again, you know. You know, maybe if Sean Payton was the coach there, I, I could feel a little different. But nothing about this Chargers roster on paper seems seems too different. I mean, they have good corners with Sante Samuel's well, yeah, Sante Samuel Jr., J.C. Jackson, like you mentioned, but they had him last year. I know Jackson was injured, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much of of a difference it might make maybe it might help them get a win against a team like kansas city maybe denver it could be different but if i'm i'm so on the fence about this and if i had to like break it down piece by piece and i look at that head coaching spot staley's just such a question mark and some crucial moments he could have them lose a game against the bears he could have them lose against a game against the titans maybe even a game against the raiders and you know, when I look at Sean Payton being one of the coaches and Andy Reid being one of the other ones, mm-hmm. I think I favor Denver, you know, maybe sneaking into a playoff spot before I favor the Chargers doing it. So I think I'm going to take the under on it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, the, the Chargers are an interesting case study. I mean, they did bring in Kellen Moore, and I do think there's a lot of pressure on Kellen Moore just by association with the Chargers. He's looked at as the guy who's supposed to make this offense just take off. And if it doesn't, then it's going to backfire on him as well. He's also a guy that I think could be the next coach in line if this is ultimately Staley's final year. But, yeah, it's just too much talent when you just look at it on paper, the names that are on this roster, to think that, they have not won a playoff game together. Yeah. Sounds crazy to me. So there's definitely going to be a lot of pressure on the Chargers this year. 
All right, so now we have the Raiders. You use them as your lock for under six and a half. I'm going to agree with you. I, I just don't see how the Raiders get to six wins, if that. And there, there's a lot tied to Garoppolo, but we haven't seen Garoppolo get through a full season. So at this point, it's just like, when does he start missing games? Not if. The whole Josh Jacobs situation is crazy to me because a guy as talented as he is with the state of this Raiders team, he's somebody that they should be rolling out the red carpet mm-hmm. for, but they're not. So, you know, that's that that's that's just Raiders football to me. You know, I always make the joke that a guy with the Mark Davis haircut, I can't trust you to run my fr- my franchise. And if you show me why, I don't trust him. You know, they it's like microwave leftovers. I, how has nobody around him told him, try something new? Just anything. Probably, he's probably like, I make more money than you. Don't tell me what to do. That's probably that, how the that's goes. But I mean, at some point, price, you know, in his sleep, somebody just shave it all off. I don't know. Do something. Maybe you got that like haircut. Like, maybe like you got that haircut before you hit like some big deal and you just thought it was like good luck. And he's like, I'm going to keep this forever. Well, based on how the Raiders are going now, is it, the luck's run out. He's got to switch it up. Okay. He's he's got to try something new. But you know, I guess you should celebrate him for for you know, as goofy as the haircut looks, he's comfortable in his skin. We'll we'll leave it with that. But you know, there's no Darren Waller. They have Devonte Adams, but you know, Garoppolo's strength isn't necessarily pushing the ball downfield. Does Adams become disgruntled and force his way out? You know, does yeah, it feels does, really weird thinking that uh, you know, Devontae Adams had someone like Aaron Rodgers and even like a good deep ball thrower like Derek Carr. Like maybe Derek Carr didn't seem as weird as a quarterback option for him, especially mm-hmm. since they played together in college. That's like to think Devontae Adams is gonna be happy with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to him. Yeah. Ah, man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's something he'll want. I mean, I'm not sure how he'll get traded, but oof. I'm not sure that's something he wants either. I mean, his his saving grace could be Aiden O'Connell. I've heard some people who are high on him. I don't know a lot about him, but I do know that we're, I do know we're going to see him this season because oh, yeah. Garoppolo's not playing all 17. Man. I think Garoppolo, like, Garoppolo, like, I feel like he does does this, like, on purpose. He's just, like, building, like, secret, like, quarterbacks. He's, like, he gave Purdy the chance, you know. <laughs> he's, like, he's just, like, setting up these quarterbacks who aren't, like, first-round picks for, for for success, I think. You know, Aiden O'Connell's just next up. Yeah, maybe. We'll look see. at him. We set it up for Purdy, you know. Maybe the, maybe the, maybe the Raiders, maybe I should uh, change my mind. Maybe the Raiders are going to get, like, eight wins with O'Connell. He's, I mean, he's probably going to be their best bet to get there, but yeah, I'll still take the under. No, I'm taking the but, under as well. It's crazy to think a team with like arguably one of the best running backs and Josh Jacobs and like whatever you might say about Devontae Adams. A couple of years ago, we were talking about him as being one of the best receivers. I mean, yeah. some people still might even call him the best receiver. It's crazy to think of a team with one of the best receivers and one of the best running backs in the league uh, not getting more than six, six wins, seven wins. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We will see. It's been a rough couple of seasons for the Raiders, and 
I think it continues this year. But now, go to your division, the NFC West. Yeah. With, with your Seahawks. I mean, Marlins in here. Sajun was in here earlier, so also Seahawks fans. So now looking at this division, once again, from FanDuel Sportsbook, we have the Niners at 10.5 wins, then the Seahawks 8.5 wins, the Rams at 6.5, and, and everybody's favorite punchline, the Cardinals, 4.5 wins. So once again, which one would be your lock, Dylan? Ooh. Man, um, as much as I would love to say over on the Seahawks, because I feel like honestly, that is like one of the easiest picks on the board would be over on the Seahawks. Um, I'm going to say the Rams under, um, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's just basically what's going on. Um, with the Cardinals, I feel like Kyler Murray could come in, sneak up some wins, and if they got four or five wins, I wouldn't be totally blown out of the water. I also think that just saying Cardinals under would be a very easy pick. Mm-hmm. But I do think the Rams do have a tougher schedule than a lot. They do. They have to play teams like you know, the Ravens. They have to play the Seahawks twice. They have to play the 49ers twice. Um, like I mentioned, the Ravens, the Cowboys. They've got to play the Eagles, the Bengals. So they do have a rougher schedule. Um Matt Stafford's still a question mark. I'm not sure if we're going to get behind the Stetson Bennett NFL hype. I'm not going to do that. Um, I get they still have Cooper Cup. Cam Akers is still question marks. Um, that defense is a lot more question marks. They have Aaron Donald, but they don't have Jalen Ramsey. Um, right. Secondary is actually very weak when we think about it. I don't know. There's just nothing good about that team outside of Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. And I'm surprised neither of them asked for a trade, too. As far as Sean McVay still there or hasn't asked for a trade as well. I mean, can't trade coaches like that anymore, but surprised he didn't take that big Fox deal yet or whoever offered him a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, McVay basically had one foot out the door last year. And no, I thought he was going to leave. So we're going to have to wonder how committed is he into this season? Donald has flirted with retirement. So, I think the fact that he hasn't asked out probably lets you know that he's just kind of playing out the string, you know, farewell tour this year. You know, Cooper Cup, really good wide receiver. Seems I think like he been... just likes McVay. That's probably what it is. Yeah. I, and think, I think him and McVay get along and he's like, mm-hmm. man, Los Angeles is nice. You know, I got stuff here. Why, why leave it? You know? Right. Once McVay yeah. leaves, he might ask for a trade. True. Also, you know, winning that ring a couple of seasons ago probably helps, you know, keeping some of these guys around. Uh, yeah, but, I imagine he probably gets to go anywhere and gets anything yeah. he wants. Yeah, Los but Angeles, I mean, I bet that's very helpful too. Exactly, but but you know, just looking at it, the the question marks with McVeigh, the question marks with Stafford in terms of health, you know, having like neck fusion or whatever surgery, yeah. we, we we don't know how that's going to hold up with. A 17 game schedule. Yeah, you I got know, worked out on my spine. I'll be okay. I, hmm? it, yeah, and it's 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 crazy to think that you know he's yeah. he's pushing the envelope and, and trying it, but the talent around him is just not what it was from the Super Bowl year. Yeah, so, and I think I think what also gets overshadowed. Not mm-hmm. meaning to cut you off a lot, no, but good, it gets good. overshadowed a lot too. Is Stafford wasn't statistically really that good. When right. they went to the Super Bowl, either like, you know, 
I think a lot of like the reason they made it is because he had good talent. He had Cooper Cup. They had great talent around him. Odell Beckham was playing really well. They're firing on all cylinders. Like mm-hmm. any little mistakes Stafford made or any big mistakes Stafford made, like it didn't matter. They could just throw forty yards to Cooper Cup the next drive and just make up for all of it. So right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just I'm just down on the Rams, which is good because screw the Rams. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, looking at the left side of the graphic, the Rams and the Cardinals, I think a lot of people are going to be ba- down on both of them. You know, so your lock was the Rams under six and a half. I'll probably take the easy road here and go Cardinals under four and a half. You know, I, I feel like I looked at their schedule before. I find it hard to find like two wins on that schedule, especially with yeah. Kyler yeah, it Murray. It says they're not favored the in, uh, they're the first NFL team ever not favored in any one of their 17 games. And that's wild to think, you know, you figure they they might play some team that probably has the same amount of question marks and maybe they get like, I thought, I thought maybe they might give them a benefit of doubt, maybe against like the Texans or maybe against even like the Falcons, but no. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're looking at Colt McCoy starting your season. You know, we don't know when Kyler Murray's going to be ready to come back, but for all we know, by the time he is ready to come back, they could be like, you know, 0-10 or something. And then at that point, do you even put Kyler Murray out there? But then if they're bad enough and they could get Caleb Williams, Kyler Murray is obviously not going to want that to happen. Although with the extension that they signed him to, I don't know how they would even entertain that. But, you know, they, they definitely would have to make an upgrade there. So it's it's a, I don't know, it's a wild situation for the Cardinals. And with a first time head coach and Jonathan Gannon coming in not necessarily the best situation to be put in you know we saw Brian Flores back out of that the consideration for that job in the offseason I think we kind of understand why but I, I yeah I just don't see four wins from this group especially with you know last year the the dysfunction the immaturity it seemed like that was around the team the ownership there is awful. Uh, yeah, it's it's another rough season. So I would take the under four and a half for the Cardinals. Um, catch up on the comments here before we get into the rest of the division. Marlon said I have my reservations because I like to wait till after midseason. As of now, I have the 49ers for the division. And Adam says seems like uh, Beckham leaving was directly related to the Rams going downhill. Yeah. And Marlon has a question for you. How much does the JSN injury affect the Seahawks? Which I guess we can get into once we get to the Seahawks. But uh, we'll definitely address that at that point. So now looking at the rest of the division, the Niners with 10 and a half wins. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, no D'Amico Ryan's running the defense, but you feel like the defense will be fine. Uh, we did talk about Trey Lance, but you have Brock Purdy. Can he repeat what he did last season? You know, Debo Samuel, Ayuk, you kind of know what you're getting from them, Kittle as well. So looking at 10 and a half wins, how would you go with that over or under 10 and a half? I think I'm going to take the over. Um, I mean, I think it's well known, well documented by now. I'm the Seahawks fan here, but mm-hmm. uh I, I, I earlier I favored the 49ers to win the division, and that's kind of still where I have it. I kind of agree with Marlon. Um, 
Brock Purdy still played really well in those eight games. He did play some decent opponents. And like we mentioned earlier, he did take them to an NFC championship at the end of the day. Um, the 49ers have a pretty good schedule. I mean, they have winnable games. They get to play the Rams twice, you know, um, get to play the Cardinals twice. Yeah. Um, have games like, you know, the Steelers are probably winnable. Could make your arguments about the Giants, you know, the Bucks. I mean, yeah. even teams like the Commanders, they could just go off and win. So I think overall this team is still going to match up very well against a lot of teams um, offensively and defensively that maybe, you know, being sneaky, taking an under, saying they could get 10, 10 wins wouldn't be too crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just so safe to just say they could get 11-12 because – I'm really not going to go up against too much too tough competition. I know they play the Bengals. I know they play the Eagles this year. Um, seems like every good team has to play the Bengals and the Eagles this year as well, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you might just all split those series. But overall, yeah, I think it just have to take the over. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll take the over. Uh, I, I just think that with the defense that's in place, it, it definitely widens the margin of error in terms of the offense. I think Brock Purdy will be serviceable again this year. So I, I think, like I said, the defense's ability to keep other offenses down in the teens or whatever. I see the you know Niners team probably winning a lot of you know twenty sixteen type of games, but I'll take the over. I think they're an eleven twelve win team. Yeah, not really much to say about them because they're they're still very talented and. You know, Purdy did get that experience last year in high-pressure situations and games late in the season they had to win. And then winning in the playoffs is obviously a benefit to him. So I think he'll just be better for it this year. All right, so now let's go to your Seahawks as they are predicted second in the group with eight and a half. Mm-hmm. How do you see that going? Well, I guess I should go mm-hmm. first since you are the Seahawks yeah. fan. Uh, so for me... I like the Seahawks. I, I'm going over eight and a half. You know, Geno Smith was one of the great stories of the year last year. I think going into this year, he still will feel like he has something to prove because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to doubt what he did last year and want to see him do it again. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker, I'm a big fan of. You know, they have uh, Woolen on the defensive end and – because who's the other corner that they have? Um, and Witherspoon. Yes, Witherspoon. I was, yes, Witherspoon, who, you know, when I was looking at my Patriots, I thought Witherspoon would have made a great Patriot. I do love Christian Gonzalez. So, you know, Patriots fans, if you listen to this, I'm not doubting him, but I just like Witherspoon's game. I think those two are going to form a form, formidable cornerback duo, which. You know, the questions about Seattle last year was in the run game. I guess there's still kind of those questions going into this year. But I'm a big believer in Pete Carroll. I love the 12th man, love the whole Seattle atmosphere. I think I think they could get to nine wins fairly easily. Maybe they even push for 10 and push San Francisco for this division. I, th- I do think that's possible. So I'll take the over on Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I'm keep it pretty simple. Yeah, I'm taking the over on Seattle. Um, I mean, for all the reasons you mentioned, I mean, Seattle's gotten a lot better just 
roster wise than what they were last year. I mean, arguably they had one of the best drafts, like I mentioned, Tariq Woolen, Kenneth Walker being in the second round, just really good overall drafting. Um, Seattle's offensive line is, I mean, based off of second, third year guys that they've drafted, um, which is something that they've never done, which is crazy to think they've always struggled at that offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. And then even including this year, drafting players like Zach Charbonnet, who's so not, yes. people probably wouldn't say one of the best running backs, but one of the probably second tier when it comes to yeah. these rookie running backs, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And to mention, you know, the comment about him being injured, he should be back by week one. Um, if he misses the first couple of weeks, I don't think he'll be that big of a deal. Um, we have players like Jake Bobo, who's been looking really good this preseason. Um, I think Seattle will be fine. But getting in a player like JSN is very good. Um, Geno Smith was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league last year. One place he struggled was throwing in the middle of the field. So we, they just picked up the best you know, receiver who can run in the middle of the field in the draft yeah. um, and the best receiver overall in the draft to, to fix those errors. Um, you know, It seems like every little hole that Seattle has slowly struggled and they're, they're fixing um, – defensively they look a lot more physical um bringing back bobby wagner and jordan brooks who looks like he should be go ready to go week one is going to be crazy um seattle's one of the seattle's biggest struggles is their rush defense is their rush defense is is very bad and getting someone like bobby wagner who knows the right gaps knows the right plays knows where to go basically and then jordan brooks who's is still learning to do it but you know has learned under bobby wagner before and doesn't have to do as much having a, a player of Bobby Wagner's caliber out there in the middle of the field with him. Uchenu Owosu's there, someone who hasn't been there with this set of linebackers before. Um, played really well with Seattle last year. And then in the secondary, I mean, we mentioned it. Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, Kobe Bryant's looked really well as a mm-hmm. safety. Um, still have him as cornerback. And then Trey Brown, someone who's, you know, got a leg. I always got my love for my Oklahoma guys, but he has been killing it. He's been everywhere out there on the field for Seattle, and he's someone who could be a great slot piece that um, Seattle could use. And have our struggles on our defensive line. Sign Draymond Jones to a big deal. Um, have a lot of faith in him. Resign Jerron Reed. He looked really good against the Cowboys in that preseason game. So yeah, all of Seattle's holes—they're slowly filling up. You know, you just have to hope. Don't get injuries, um, which Seattle does normally really good with something like that jamal adams has kind of been our achilles heel but sign julian love just in case you know it seems like seattle's kind of set all the pieces in place like they really have a strong season this year um drew locks even looked good just in case geno smith goes down so i think seattle has really done a good job you know drafting the right positions drafting you know scheme fits and then drafting good replacements just in case someone goes down i really man I, I've I've been high on some Seattle teams, of course, being a Seattle fan. But I really I really like this what this team has, you know, in a in an NFC where San Francisco maybe not be a at, might be Devin Bush. See another piece that he's talking about as well too. Um, struggled his last couple of years in Pittsburgh, but could carve out a really great role in Seattle. Um, this is a year where Seattle, not Seattle, but San Francisco doesn't really seem as big of a powerhouse, especially with their quarterback issues. Um, you know, the Rams aren't going to be on the top of the peak anymore. You know, you know, Philadelphia is that main team in the NFC. Seattle could come and shock everybody. And if they're the second or third seed in the NFC by the time the playoffs come, I don't think that really should be shocking. It just really all depends yeah. if Gino can still play like Gino, be accurate, be good, and just don't let the moment get ahead of him. Because if you can still be a good, solid quarterback, play like that comeback player of the year he was last year, 10 wins, 11 wins could be super easy for the Seattle team. 
win in the conference is something that I don't even think is out of the realm of possibility. I even think I've seen some like NFL like network it like people pick Seattle to win the Super Bowl. So yeah. okay. maybe that might be the slight fan in me, but oh well. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And uh, I mean, also you know DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, who yep. Tyler Lockett is one of my favorite wide receivers to watch. He's just very steady, consistent. You know, sure-handed. So I, I always like watching him. Uh, Marlon says eleven and six for me. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's, uh, that's like they 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 have tough games. Like they'll play the Lions again, which might seem like a trap game, especially having to play them. You know, last year that's what knocked them out of the playoffs. We beat mm-hmm. them early on in the season. That's why they couldn't make it. The Bengals will be interesting. You know, gotta play those Ravens. Uh, however, I feel about that. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. Cowboys, Eagles, but other than that, you know, it's a very winnable schedule for Seattle. I'm excited for this season, you know. Mm-hmm. Even like, even I liked even some of our early Super Bowl teams, but like some of those teams definitely had like holes, especially in like places like our offensive line. Like they were never really good tight end wise, but like, man, the Seattle team this year is like very well rounded. There's not a lot you can find that they're not good at. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. All right, so now I'll go to the next team, the Rams. So you had them as your lock uh, for under six and a half. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. I There's not a lot to really like outside of Cooper Cup and, you know, Aaron Donald. But outside of that is a lot of unknowns, question marks, and, you know, especially in this division where San Francisco and the Seahawks look like, you know, better teams, they look like they understand their identity. There's too many question marks with the Rams, like I said, to really see them do much of anything, not only in the division, but outside of it when they go up against, you know, some of those other teams. And and like I said, with the whole McVay thing, the fact that he was looking to leave but then came back, I don't know how much confidence that should put into the players to want to play for him if they're going to start wondering like for five games in and, you know, haven't won a game or anything like that. Are we going to start hearing rumors about him going to Fox CBS or, or somewhere else? And it's just like at a certain point, the charges, who knows? Yeah. Guys may just stop playing for him and then they become even worse. Problem is they don't have a first round pick for, I couldn't even tell you how many years now. So, doesn't seem like there's a really bright future and then this current season doesn't seem optimistic either mm-hmm. it's, it's gonna be hard for some of these guys to really feel the desire to go out there go to the stadium playing in, in a violent game sunday in sunday out when there's not really a bright future ahead of for them so i think under it, six and a half is an easy pick it's crazy to look when you look at the Rams just to look how how high they were on that mountaintop just for mm-hmm. them to just fall so hard like not even close to like like a graceful fall like they went from like Super Bowl champs to one of the worst teams in the league which I mean that has to do with them you know trading all of their draft picks yep. away basically 
you know, a lot of these good teams like Kansas City are able to draft different players to bring in to be really good on the, mm-hmm. in these rosters and situations like Philadelphia. I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, mm-hmm. um, the Rams didn't do anything like that. I mean, who is their best drafted talent of, as of recent? I mean, that you can think of. That's a good drafted question. talent because Cam Akers has struggled. You know, Cooper Cups has been a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. I'd say Jacoby Durant, and that's just because, I don't know, he might be Kevin Durant's cousin. I don't know why he's getting as much hype as he is. And he's, <laughs> he's an okay corner, but right. I, feel, I feel like I see him everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's, so, yeah, it's kind of like you're saying, like, you know, looking just around the roster, it's like, where's the excitement? I think that's the, that's kind of the key phrase. Like, where is the optimism with this team. I don't see it. And, you know, obviously you don't by picking the under. So, yeah, you know, it's easy under for me. Yeah, and then the and final two. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say with the thing with the Rams, it's like they're not going to get any, any better. Than, like there's no up from here, I don't think, either. You know, because I think all that what's left is, you know, after this season, regardless of what they do, unless some miracle happens and they make the playoffs and kind of, you know, that will kind of, change our ideal then but you know mm-hmm. if they struggle like we think they're gonna do McVay will leave that will only make things worse donald yep. will probably retire mm-hmm. will make things worse cup man if you have someone of cooper cup's caliber of talent you might want to have a rookie quarterback to throw to him but he's 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 older he's an older receiver himself too i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he's getting close to the 30s um he's probably gonna want traded so i feel bad if you're a rams fan because it is it's not it's not looking well i well, i I have more of I have more of faith for the Cardinals than what I do for the Rams. At least you still have Kyler Murray there. True. Yeah, you can have as some crazy, with as that. crazy as that sounds, I I probably would agree with that. Because I mean, look, we're still decent. True. Yeah, and they have what Zach Ertz, Isaiah Simmons, here's yeah. Barnes. Yeah, at least when Did you look at the Cardinals roster, like you see some guys that are like. At least that's the talent. The Rams is hard outside of Donald and Cup. I take that cheek James Conner over Cam Akers probably. Definitely make a I'm good argument for it. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Argument for it. Yeah. All right. So now you know. Let's let's go to the Cardinals. You know, my lock was under the four and a half. Simple question: Do you agree with that? Yeah, I kind of wanted to be risky and just be like, no, they'll take the over. But uh, I do feel like this Cardinals team, I wouldn't say is better, but I feel like they will at least be pretty decently offensively. They're going to be a fast. They're going to be a quick team. They're going to be like lightning bolts out there with Kyler Murray, Rondell Moore, Marquise Brown. When Kyler Murray does come back, and we mentioned Zach Ertz, James Conner is a very good do-it-all back. Um, Zach Ertz is a very good utility tight end. Um, And the defense um, definitely struggles, doesn't have – Really, any super big superstars outside of someone like Buda Baker? Um, we mentioned Isaiah Simmons; he's kind of struggled. Jonathan Gannon's a very good defensive coach, so I mean, I imagine they'll be slightly better even with what they have on that roster, um, probably than what they were years before. So that would be good. Um, could see this team getting three, four wins, but if you're the Cardinals, I don't know. I'm against. Maybe it's because I'm a Kyler Murray fan. You know, I got a Kyler Murray jersey. Um, got a little Kyler Murray. Got a Kyler Murray little pop figure right here, but. Um, Man, I, man, 
I don't know. I don't know. This Cardinals team shouldn't it shouldn't play good. You know, try to get a receiver. Try to get like Mario Williams in the draft. Try to <laughs> try to bulk up because I still do believe in Kyler Murray. I do believe you still have something you can do there. I feel like you could be a good NFL quarterback. I still feel like you could be good in that roster. Um, mm-hmm. You just have nothing to give him right now. I think drafting Paris Johnson was the first step. Yep. Do bad this year. Shit, don't even play Kyler Murray this year if you can avoid it. Um, mm-hmm. Let him rest for that whole offseason if you got it. I know that I know that won't happen, but yeah, you know, do bad, get good picks, draft someone good. You got t- potentially the first and second overall pick this year. So, yeah, the the only thing Kyler Murray should be focusing on this year should be leadership, becoming Modern a better Warfare. leader on this team. Modern Warfare Three is coming out, Kyler. Just enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's probably something he is looking forward to. But take the season off. Yeah, but just you know, rebuild the image within the locker room because you know, from at least from the outside looking in, it's everything you hear about him. It's like immaturity, immaturity, immaturity. I will say though, this Cardinals off season has definitely been a lot more quieter than the rests. I mean, oh, outside yes. of like you know, D Hop, you know, getting cut. Um, at least on the Kyler Murray forefront, you haven't really had any, heard anything bad from him yeah. outside of like he's recovering from his ACL pretty quick, actually. So seems pretty mm-hmm. good. Okay. Uh, Marlon said Cup is the man, period. The man is versatile, but with the Cardinals, Tune is QB1 till Murray is healthy. With the Clayton Tune hype train. I'm, I'm down <laughs> for it. I mean, he's played really well in the preseason. I see, I you have to do things like that. Like, I don't get why, like, these crappy teams, like, no offense to Colt McCoy or anything like that. Why aren't you just playing a random young rookie quarterback? Why are you playing Colt McCoy? Like, you don't have a season. Play Clayton Tune. Like, don't play Colt McCoy. You guys don't have a season this season regardless. It's not like, you know, you're a playoff contending team, you know, and Kyler Murray's coming back week four and you need a veteran to, like, warm up the seat, you know, make sure the team actually is like two and two, maybe three and one if you're lucky by the time he comes back. No, this team's going to suck. Just play yeah. Clayton Tune. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. I'm sure there's probably going to be some announcement at some point about who's going to be the starter week one. I do agree with you. The The only way I see justifying starting a Colt McCoy is like you said. If you're, if you're at Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes is a little iffy, you know, there's enough talent around that you're like, you put Cole McCoy out there, you know, he won't completely blow it up. But in Arizona's position, it should be, uh, like I said, a young quarterback who you're taking a flyer on, you throw him out there. Maybe you get lightning in a bottle for four games and he plays really well. Fine. But Cole McCoy out there, we know he's going to struggle. And it's just gonna be like, well, what's the point? What, what, it's like what we know we, we know what we're getting from Colt McCoy, and it's not good. Like, let us see what we could get from Clayton Tune, maybe. Yeah, because maybe Clayton like, Tune lights a fire wanted, under Kyler Murray. Who knows? If I wanted to watch Colt McCoy, I would go watch some like old Texas highlights. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> right, because we've seen the Colt McCoy show and what that brings out. Uh, so Marlon says Pete is QB four if our QBs are out. I did yeah, see that throwing video. dimes out there. Hey, the the old man can move in the pocket. I saw that. I said, well, why do you think Gino was so accurate? He just needed to come to Seattle. Yeah. 
Russ, the best like ball you, man, as soon as Russ left Seattle, he's like, you can't throw no more? Had to be Pete. Had to be Pete. Just yeah. saying. Pete, Pete always looks like he's having fun out there. So I can, I can definitely appreciate that. All right. Well, that's, that's our preview. That's the last division we had. So I think next week we'll probably predict our playoff teams. Oh, seems like that, that would make sense. Well, uh, we should have Jake back for that, so that should be yes. good. Yeah, yeah. So Jake should be back next week. Um, I think. I Man, think that's gonna be that's gonna might... just be tough on the AFC end. Like exactly. the NFC, I'm formulating kind of like a playoff. I'm like, okay, you know, Philadelphia here, you know, mm-hmm. Dallas there, you know, San Francisco, Seattle, and then it's like in the AFC, I got like Kansas City, and then like it's just. I, I don't know. Throw darts at a board. One of these teams might be good. Yeah, like it, it's gonna it's gonna be so confusing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not ready for that. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll put our predictions out there, and then at the end of the season, we will, I guess, come back like, and find out. Who if we had to be called. completely honest, how many AFC teams? Like, could we just like like there will be 16, of course. How many AFC teams can we just? automatically just rule out as a team we don't think will make the playoffs i mean you got like the texans you have the colts the raiders are probably three three players three teams that you'll you'll automatically knock out mm-hmm. and then i mean what the whole afc east you would consider all of them playoff contenders all the afc north you consider them all playoff contenders and then mm-hmm. the whole afc west not the raiders you would consider playoff contenders and then jacksonville tennessee consider them as well 13 teams that could all make the playoffs and it's like a reasonable like a reasonable a reasonable thing exactly in the nfc like you could take out the whole nfc south Mm -hmm. give none of them a playoff spot yeah that's that's yeah the nfc the only thing that might be exciting might be positioning how we put them but yeah the afc some of us we're probably going to leave out really good teams that Either you or Jake will probably have, and it's going to be a good conversation. Like, like, I'm I'm just thinking of the NFC, and it's like, guys, we're probably maybe we're, one of us might have the Bears in there. Like, right. one of us might have the Bears in there. Like, I, like that. That's just kind of where we're at. And then it's like, you know, on the AFC end, um, it's like, you know, the Jets might miss it. And it's like, dang, the Jets are way better than the Bears. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got Matthew Holland. Check it in. What's going on, Matthew? All right, so we'll, we'll end it with our grids like we normally do. Whoop, grid time. Even though it's going to be a little different without Jake here, but I think we, I think the two of us can get through this. Also, you guys in the chat, you know how this works. You guys can definitely help out as well. Uh, so start with the basketball one. We have the Clippers, Sixers, a five plus the season, five plus assists. Per game season, and then the cross grid we have the Knicks, Rockets, and the Spurs. Okay. Okay. So where do we start with this one? Well, what about Spurs five assists? Could you put you could put Dejounte Murray there? He's he's, he's got five assists at one point. I would say. <sighs> yep. Yeah. I think we always start with like the stat category, then go to the teams. I mean, yeah, Rockets five. Uh, 
Yeah, it's Chris usually Paul. the easiest easiest place to start. Yeah, Rockets five plus. Yeah, we can go Chris Paul. Um, easy. Okay, nineteen, and then Knicks. Is that Clippers or Knicks? Um, there's a couple of guys you could probably throw Jason Kidd. Yeah. Marbury um, would be an interesting name because Marbury was a really big scorer, but five assists. I don't know. Mark Jackson. I imagine someone like Walt Frazier probably did it too. I'm thinking of like mm-hmm. old school. Uh, I think it's like a really obscure name. I mean, I mean, we could we could try. Didn't Julius Randle do it like the year he made an All Star? Like I'm pretty sure he had six. Hey, don't quote me on that, it. We don't we don't have to do it. But I think you I think you could do Julius Randle. I think the year he was an All Star, he had six. That would be a good name to try. Let's try. It. Let's try. It. As much as much hate as we talk on him in the yeah. next uniform, give him give him some. Yeah, there we go. I knew he did it. <laughs> what is that? Four percent. I'll take yeah. it. That will probably go down as one of the wilder seasons. That all-star year, whatever that he had, really great numbers. And then since then, it's just been downhill. All right, so now we got our our team. Just the teams. teams. So let's see. Sixers and the Knicks. That's an interesting one. Hmm. Sixers and the Knicks. Well, Sixers Rockets, I know Charles Barkley works there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of uh, what Sixers Rock PJ Tucker. Thinking okay. Ten percent. Okay. Um, Sixers Spurs or Sixers and the Knicks. Um, Sixers Spurs or Sixers. I feel like anytime there's a Spurs, I want to say Danny Green. I feel like Danny Green has sneakily been on a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, Actually, I do think Danny Green works. Because he was on the Sixers. I know that. I think he was on there with, like, Jimmy Butler. And he was on the Spurs, I think, with Kawhi Leonard. Right? Yeah. Okay, 44%. Apparently, a lot of people remember that. Okay. All right, so Sixers. Well, Sixers, Knicks will we'll come back to. Clippers, Knicks. Um, oh, I was thinking for Clippers, Rockets. Could you do Marcus Morris? Uh, he was drafted by Houston, wasn't he? Yeah. Marcus Morris. Okay. Marcus Morris. Yeah, like six percent. He's another guy who's kind of who's, who's kind of been around as well. Okay, so we got the Rockets all taken care of. I mean, Clippers, Spurs. You have Kawhi Leonard. But I feel like that's probably gonna be a really obvious one. Yeah, that one's right there for the taking. But then it's sometimes I'm like, 
is it so obvious that people other people may not have gone with it but nah, i think it's like like one of the only it. ones there had to be there's i feel like there's others let's see You're gonna Spurs Clippers. Spurs Clippers. See, I was thinking Robert Ori, but I don't know if Robert Ori played for the Clippers. Hmm. I mean, we could yeah. just go Clippers. Clippers are weird. Yeah, uh, yeah Clippers are a weird team. Yeah, 78%. Clippers Knicks as well, too, is kind of interesting. So Marlon says 76ers and the Knicks. Burks, House, and Cheeks. I like Burks for for sure. Yeah. Did Mo Cheeks play on the... I think he did. But let's go Alec Burks. Six percent. Okay. So now Clippers Knicks. Clippers Knicks. Did Josh Hart play for the Clippers? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think Eric Bledsoe played for the Knicks. Kemba Walker? I don't think... I don't, I don't know Kemba... I don't Clippers. remember him in a Clippers uniform. Yeah. I remember him in a Knicks uniform. Fournier? Played for the Knicks, the Magic, the Celtics. I don't think he was with the Clippers. Um, Clippers. I kind of had a name that just slipped me. Campbell Fournier. Did no, I don't think no. I was thinking Stoudemire, but I don't I think he like There's just like some random player who's been like traded to the two. So Marlon said Randolph and Jackson. Zach Randolph. Are you, wait, is he thinking Zach Randolph? No. And then Jackson? Oh, Mark Jackson. He oh. played for the Knicks. And Mark Jackson played for the Clippers. I remember that. Yes. Mark oh. Jackson. Fair enough. Mark Jackson played till 2004. That makes sense. There we go. Immaculate on that one. 175. I, is that our best score? Oh, Jamal Crawford. Yeah. That's a good one. Nerlens Noel. That would have been a great pull. Chris Paul, James Harden, Kawhi, Danny Green, Tony Parker, Harden, Jalen Brunson. Okay. For football. 
Football is always a... okay. So no all stat teams. category. All teams. So we got the Dolphins, Jets, Texans, and then the cross section. We got the Saints, Broncos, Cardinals. Of course, we got the Saints when Jake's not here. Yeah. Um, we never got a Seahawks one yet. Saints, Jets. I feel like a wide receiver did that. Well, Cardinals, Texans, you have uh, David Johnson. Okay. Oh, man. Who is it? <laughs> I'd, I'd assume 2015. What? Ah. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, he was on the Texans in, like, the past. Yeah, it has to be that one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now has me wondering who's that other one because they kind of played. I don't know. It was probably just some random dude. Cardinals Jets. Um, that seems like um, Cardinals Jets. I feel like a running oh, back. Uh, I feel one. like I feel like. Oh man, why do I? I don't know why this. I don't know why I feel like I feel like there's some random player like some random like running back or something like that and that's where i'm thinking because the name that popped in my head was thomas jones i know the jets connection for some reason i have some image of him in a cardinals uniform but now it's about how confident am i in that I mean, I'm willing to try because I do think he played for the Cardinals. Try it. Okay, Thomas Jones. Let's see what you got. Oh, we could, was him okay? I feel like every oh, week I, I try to fit Thomas Jones somewhere, <laughs> and then it finally works. Marlon said McCown depends on what position. McCown. I mean, yeah, the McCowns did play. I feel like Texans Saints, you could probably put McCown there. Yeah. Now it's. That's what Luke McCown. Josh McCown. Yeah. It's Josh. I was right? thinking Josh McCown. Yeah, I was thinking Josh. Okay. No, Josh didn't. He didn't play Interesting. Much. He didn't do Texan Saints. Hmm. Yeah, Marlon said Josh too. Apparently it didn't. Oh, I was thinking, uh, oh, I was thinking, oh, it was Texans Saints. I was thinking Texans Jets for whatever reason. I know he did that. Hmm. Uh, Ricky Williams for Dolphin Saints. Yep. For, that was a, that was a big trade. Got all of them. I actually remember, yeah. I was reading, uh, since all that Jonathan Taylor news was coming out, I was reading up about, like, running back trades, and that's why that came up. Three different Ricky Williams. So he's the... Oh yeah, he's the two. Yeah, nine, yeah. 
which rookie is this one? I only played one year. Huh. 32%. Don't even have a picture for him. That's kind of weird. Okay. Broncos. Uh, Miami, Denver, Bradley Chubb. Yep. Okay. Man, Dolphins, Arizona is going to get me because I feel like I'm thinking of like a skill position, like a running back or someone who's been to both. Um, Kenyon Drake? Yeah. There we go. I was like, there's a running back in my head who like left Miami to go to Arizona. And I thought it was like just uh, not a super smart signing. It was Kenyon Drake. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yep. Houston and uh, Denver. Um, Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah. Good old Osweiler. I'm, I'm, I'm getting on a roll. I'm thinking of some. <laughs> Dang, really? That one was high? Wow. Uh, I was hoping people would forget. Right. Osweiler seems, seems easily to forget, but apparently not. Gosh. So we got Jets, Broncos, Jets, Saints. Jets, Saints, I, I, I swear it's a wide receiver. And then Texans, Saints. Oh, the name I always drop as well. Brandon Cooks, I feel like did Texans, Saints. He did. He did. Yeah. That's right. Cooks um... is another guy that usually fits somewhere. He's only played eight years. I feel like he's been on like half of the teams in the league. Every every NFL team. All right, so got one guest left. We got the Jets and the Saints, or Jets and the Broncos. Jets, Broncos, Jets, Saints. I feel like both of these guys were like receivers or something like that. Right. Oh, wait, Jets, Broncos. Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, I when you said it again, I was thinking of receivers for Jets yeah. Broncos. Uh oh. Yeah, I know. Okay, one's wide. It's one's a 2006. Wide. It has to be. I think the other one's like a linebacker or something. Yeah, uh, we didn't get to t- t- try the other one. Dang. Who's the big one for that one? Jonathan Vilma. Jonathan Vilma? Oh, oh man. Oh. I'm not sure I would have gotten that chase edmonds for dolphins cardinals okay so josh another McCown, running back I jets car jets cardinals josh mccown jj watt houston eric Decker. you know i thought of another one for uh houston denver while we were thinking of it bradley roby that would have been a good one. Oh yeah yeah okay eric decker for new york denver that would have been that would have been good i didn't think of, i wouldn't have got there <laughs> You could also put Demarius Thomas. He he did the Jets. Yep, his final stint as well too. Mhm. Ah oh, man, man, we can try baseball, but it's gonna be you on baseball. We can leave it off and wait for Jake for baseball. Let's see the teams. Oh, okay. White Sox Orioles. Forty plus home run season. Astros Angels. Five hundred plus home run career. Yeah, we can try this one. Okay. Uh, oh, Marlon put Mario Davis. I was thinking that. I was thinking to Mario Davis, but I couldn't remember if he played for the Jets. 
I guess I'll start with the 40-plus home run season. So for the Astros, you could go with... Oh, okay. So you could go with Jeff Bagwell. You could go Lance Berkman. Let's go Lance Berkman. Okay, 200%. I can live with that. The Angels, 40-plus home run. You could obviously go Trout, Otani. You could go... Let's think obscure. I want to say, like, Tim Salmon, but... (laughs) Marla said the same thing. Uh, Kyle, I need you to know you're on your own with the MLB. I'm Switzerland here, bro. It's all good. Uh, Angels. I'm still learning baseball. Trout Otani. Did Jim Edmonds do one? Uh, Justin Upton. I feel like had a 40-plus home run season. I'll try Justin Upton. Oh, he didn't. Come on, Justin. All right, then. I guess I'll just throw out the obvious ones. Uh, What about Vladimir Guerrero? Did he do it? Nah, he probably didn't do it. Oh, Vladdy had to. Vladdy had to. Let's go Guerrero. Anytime you could put Vladdy Guerrero on here. He didn't? I'm not sure. Wow. About Tory Hunter, so you should probably just do like Mike Trout or Shohei. Vladdy never got 40 home runs in it. He probably had like high 30 years then. Must have been. Okay, so 40 plus home run season and 500 for a career. So I'm thinking... I mean, you got Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, Manny Ramirez. The Red Sox fan of me wants to put Manny Ramirez. One percent. Wow. Manny getting no love. Wild that no one else. Well, I mean, when you think 40 and 500, yeah, Manny's probably not. I think the 500 might throw people off of Manny. Uh, Marlon said Ichiro, just throwing it out here, or Keith Hernandez. Uh, I, I don't know which one. I mean, Ichiro doesn't The White Sox uh, 500 career home runs. Did Frank Thomas get over 500? Yes. I'm, yes, I would assume he did. Yeah. 62. Yeah. Okay. So, Orioles. Yeah. At this point, we we just want to fill the board up. Orioles. Okay. So, I'm looking at Orioles. Rifkin, no. Jim Tomey. I think. Playing in Baltimore for a little bit. Rafael Palmero. 
I'll go Raphael. Okay. All right, so now it's just teams. White Sox and the Astros or White Sox and the A's. I mean, not A's, the Angels. White Sox, Angels. Ah, come back. Orioles, Astros, and Orioles, Angels. Um, I'm thinking outfielder, but who? The team ones are are toughest for me with baseball. It's just so many guys that move around. Did Jose Abreu? He's only played for the White Sox, hasn't he? he oh no. He's played for the White Sox. He played for the Astros. I yeah. thought he played for the Astros. It seemed like a familiar name, but I was like, I it could literally be someone else, and I could be completely wrong. Yep. Uh, Marlon put out Orlando Cabrera. So out of these four teams, I know Orlando Cabrera played for the Angels. don't think he's with the White Sox. I don't think he's with the Orioles. Uh, let's see. Because Cabrera was with the Angels, traded to the Red Sox, and then from the Red Sox, I think he was sent to... I mean, Orlando Cabrera is an interesting name. I just wouldn't know where to put him. Part of me thinks, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know I tried this name before. I don't know why I'm thinking the one of the Uptons did Baltimore and the Angels. It's just which Upton was it? Maybe it was BJ Upton. I think he plays the Orioles, the Rays, the Angels, and maybe like Kansas City. Try it. We got nothing to lose. Last guess. Uh, yeah. Well, Marlon said he thought Carbert played for the White Sox also. Marlon, for you, well, we'll let you have this one. So we'll try Orlando Cabrera here. And you're yeah. right, Marlon. Okay. Oh, Trey Mancini. Okay. Oh, I, I, I Mark, don't know who he is. Eddie Murray. Yeah, I knew that one for the Baltimore one, but I went with Paul Merrill. Jeff Bagwell. Oh. Yeah. Giolito. Okay. No Trey Mancini. Bonds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Barry Bonds. Okay. I mean, it wasn't too bad. Those are horrible. I got some, I got some names. I mean, in terms of accuracy, the two that we missed are the lowest accuracy for the whole grid. So we're right there in line with everybody else, basically. Okay. that's Those are the grids. Another week down. Um, but yeah. So 
Uh, what Marlon says, it's an honor to be nominated. Thank you and good night. Uh, yes, definitely appreciate that, Marlon. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, so got to give you a shout out for that. Uh, but yeah, appreciate all of you that were in the chat. Uh, have to say this to you, to you guys. It's a very good stream, and shout out to both for holding it down. Much love. I appreciate that, Marlon. No problem. Yeah, I we try, we try, but um, I mean, like Marlon said, you know, to make sure you tune in next week. We are here every Tuesday, seven o'clock. Uh, next week, Jake should be back. We'll have the full crew back together, and we'll have playoff predictions. Uh-oh. Yeah, We've got playoff predictions for the NFL. You know. NBA, we'll see. Maybe we get some hard news, maybe some Dame news, who knows. And we can actually talk some college football as well. Mm-hmm. well. We'll have some games this weekend. Maybe some things catch our attention enough to talk about it. We'll see. But, um, yeah, so make sure you hit the like button, of course, for the video. Make sure you follow if you're here on Facebook. Subscribe over on YouTube. Yeah, I promise you, you won't be disappointed because a lot of great shows on here. Uh, we got coffee and sports in the morning, which great way to start your day. You know, we got a uh, wire to wire tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we normally have line in the sand that comes up after us, but they're uh, taking a couple weeks off. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of great shows, a lot of great people on the network. So definitely tune in for, for all of those as well. So, I mean, Dylan, you have anything to say before we get out of here? I mean, and outside of any big sports news, I mean, UFC 292 is this weekend. Sugar Show's the new UFC champ. Sean O'Malley uh, knocked out Al Jermaine Sterling. Get my little UFC drop in there. Pretty good event. Um, contender series is going on right now. But overall, I'm excited for football. I'm, I'm just ready for football. I'm ready for both regular seasons to start. Like, Yes. I'm ready for all of it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we're, we're counting down the week's. You know, just what a show or two before the NFL season gets going. Like I said, got college football for next season for next week. And baseball playoffs are coming around the corner as well. So, you know, it's, it's out of it again. Screw you, Seattle. I mean they they're still close enough that they could yeah, get back into a wild card. It's spot. literally half a it's a half a game race right now. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because my Red Sox are three out, but Got a tough series against the Astros, so that could look a lot worse in a couple of days. Hey, man. Take, well, it, get, take it for me. Take them down for me. I mean, it looked good last night. They were up 3-0, three, three and then the Astros' offense woke up. But we'll see. At least we're not the Yankees. That's always a good thing. That's um, always a good thing. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm hanging my hat on. But, uh, yeah, so I definitely appreciate everybody in the chat. You know, Marlon, Jory, Key, uh, Sajin, Anthony, everybody else. Definitely appreciate that. So until next week, for myself and Dylan, like I said, Jake will be here next week. We are the big three, and we're out of here. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll see you later. Have a good night, everybody.